I am one of your hosts, April. And I'm Christy. And I'm Kristen. And now is as good as, t- as good of a time as any to make an announcement. Uh, Kristen has agreed to join us as a co-host. Um, as long as uh, she'll have us and put up with our Southern dysfunction. Yay. So Welcome. that's exciting. Yes. Yay. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. I just want to remind everybody uh, to find us on social media. You'll hear our handles on our outro. And if you like So Disco, leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to us on. And with that, we can get into it. Typically, I'm the one that asks what the drink du jour is, but in a different turn of events i'm gonna tell you guys what the drink du jour is full disclosure i don't have one i couldn't find the vodka locally and no i didn't want to pay more for shipping than i did the actual vodka so full transparency so the drink du jour is theodora's spicy secret which sounds amazing and i will try one eventually Um, It has ghost pepper vodka, Midori, and watermelon lemonade. And that just sounds like a summery bite in the arse. And I (laughs) would love to have one. Okay. (laughs) So. (laughs) Sounds like a good time in my mouth. And further to that, I'm going to tell you where you can get one. You can get one. In the top of the crust bar in the Crescent Hotel, it's a fourth floor bar, and that is where we're going tonight. The Crescent Hotel is in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. So, Eureka Springs is located just eight miles south of the Missouri border in northwest Arkansas near Beaver Lake. And the Crescent Hotel was built in 1886, and it sits high on the crescent-shaped northwest mountain above Eureka Springs. It's on 27 acres overlooking the valley. It's got 78 guest rooms, and it's one of America's most historic landmarks. And it's also home to several spirits from the Victorian era. Oh. So here we go. Eureka Springs Improvement Company and the Frisco Railroad built the hotel, basically, I guess, funded the building of the hotel that was designed by Isaac L. Taylor, an architect from Missouri who also designed famous buildings in St. Louis. And Powell Clayton, former governor of Arkansas from 1868 to 1870 formed the Eureka Springs Improvement Company for the purpose of profiting from tourism. The Frisco Railroad joined the company as it would also obviously benefit from tourism. I mean, people got to get there some kind of way. Why not take a train? I mean, I think, well, 
besides horse and buggy, it was probably the only other mode of transportation. News of Ozark's healing waters had spread across the country, and people were flocking to the area in hopes of finding cures to their diseases or stop the aging process, whatever you feel is going to happen whenever you are uh, immersed in healing waters. And the idea was born by developers to build a vast and majestical resort and to capitalize on the popularity of the area. And Powell Clayton, former governor of Arkansas from 1868 to 1870, formed the Eureka Springs Improvement Company for the purpose of profiting off of this tourism. The Frisco Railroad joined the company as it would also benefit from the tourism industry. Um, obviously, people got to get there somehow. <laughs> and apart from horse and buggy, uh, that's probably Steam the only ship. other a lot faster mode of transportation. Steamship. I mean, I'd rather go by train. Yeah. Better than walking. <laughs> Certainly yeah. wouldn't want to walk there. And then people came from all. I don't know how far you could get on a steamboat if they had rivers that way. That's actually a really good point. Could be. Well, so they brought in Irish stonemasons um, to the U.S. in 1884 to begin construction. Magnesium limestone is what was used to build the hotel, and they did have to build special wagons uh, to transport the, the limestone up the mountainside. Mm -hmm. The design is an interesting mix of styles that includes 18-inch walls. It's got several towers, balconies, and a colossal stone fireplace in the lobby. It was built with electric, modern plumbing, steam heating. It has an elevator, and it was fully landscaped. It contained lavish decorations and amenities, and the cost to build was $294,000, which was oh, considered wow. exorbitant for the time. <laughs> it's beautiful. Today, not so much. I can't imagine. Like, I encourage everyone, I implore you to look at photos of this hotel because it is truly uh fascinating yeah so it opened its doors on may 20th 1886 with a grand gala ball with a full orchestra and dinner and it was mostly notable um attendees and the local eureka springs echo newspaper dubbed it America's most luxurious resort hotel amongst amongst its large rooms and ornations is a dining room that once held over 500 people and the amenities outdoors included a swimming pool tennis courts croquet flower gardens winding boardwalks and gazebos so naturally, droves of uh, high society would arrive at the Frisco Depot ready to be delivered to the hotel by servants of the hotel. Guests enjoyed the healing waters of the spa, horseback riding, 
tea dances in the afternoon and parties with the in-house orchestra. Oh. It's pretty bougie. They get down. <laughs> they get down. <laughs> so, I mean, and all of that was great and fabulous um, for a while until people started to realize that the healing waters didn't have the restorative powers that the hotel and the city touted. And um, eventually people stopped going to the hotel. So essentially it had a heyday for a while um, until they found out there wasn't any power Scam. in the water. <sighs> Sounds like the fountain of youth. Right. Right. Which we should totally talk about sometime. By the way, yes, I can't think of a better person to talk about. This. <laughs> I will, right, I will make it my next podcast then. <laughs> awesome. So, from 1908 to 1924, the hotel was converted to Crescent College and Conservatory for young women. And it would still operate as a resort in the summertime. And they did this for a while until the college tuition and the, the money from the summer guests wasn't generating enough revenue to maintain the building. And again, if you look at this yeah. building, you'll understand why. It's monstrous. Yeah, it is. Um, is that the, the word college? monstrous? <laughs> you might want to. I was going to say something like that. Monstrosity. Monstrosity is what I was going to say. Because that's right. It kind of negative. So I was like, I mean, you know. <laughs> it is monstrosity. Monstrous monstrosity. I, I feel like you're revving up for like a really good monstrous story here. <laughs> Foreshadowing much? Right. Okay. <laughs> So um, the college closed and the building sat empty for six years until it reopened as a junior college from 1930 to 1934. And then in 1937, Norman Baker bought it and opened a cancer hospital and health resort which he claimed miracle cures, or he claimed that they would administer miracle cures here without the need for surgery or painful uh, procedures or, you know, invasive testing, anything unpleasant like that. And the hospital promised that patients would leave the resort cancer-free. Hmm. So naturally unassuming patients went to the hospital for many years um, and see, seeking out this type of treatment until it was eventually discovered that Baker not only had no medical training, <laughs> God. but in 1936, he was convicted in Iowa for practicing medicine without a license. Oh, I mean, that's shit. shocking. Yeah. Right? Somebody that claims to cure cancer. Right. And, um, Charlotte, the 1930s, yeah, exactly. It's like, nothing to see here, or take this snake oil and sit in these waters, right? <laughs> uh, it's really sad, yeah. I mean, 
It is for people desperate for um, healing their bodies. And what did they say was in the water or what, what it, was the healing properties? I mean, just that it had power to heal disease. These springs, um, they had the, a lot of them around here. You know, there was, there's Greenwell Springs and Denham Springs, mm -hmm. all those are those springs. And same thing, that's how the uh, Greenwell Springs Hospital came about um, in our area because it was on these springs and people would, uh, like, same time frame, people would vacation and do the same thing and sit in the springs and they claimed it had all these healings. Uh, powers yeah so it's just the minerals it's just basically right that and probably just you know their frame of mind uh you know they just uh placebo effect i'm sure yeah. it's a shame that hope, cancer yeah. patients yeah yeah are, that's sad yeah it's very sad um the American Medical Association had actually warned against the tinctures that he um, used mm. at the quotation um, health facility. Um, wow. He had been under investigation by authority authorities while operating the hospital and was a ultimately what they got him on was mail fraud because a U.S. postal inspector estimated that he made up to $500,000 a year selling the tinctures through the mail. And the investigation concluded that he defrauded patients out of approximately $4 million while at the hospital in Eureka Springs. Damn. Wow. And what year was this? So this happened in the um, mid to late 30s he was actually arrested in 1939 so oh, that four million dollars i don't know what that uh converts to in today's currency but i imagine it's a gojillion <laughs> wait how many million wow. four million dollars He was sentenced to four years at Leavenworth. Sixty-nine million. 69 oh, wait, and then million. this account says eighty-three million. Eighty-sixty to eighty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people were desperate. You know, he preyed on the the desperate people. That's sad, right? At least Which is them. a travesty. Yeah. But he, he was sentenced to four years at Leavenworth. Mm. Now, no one reportedly died as a result of the treatment at the hospital, but for obvious reasons, you know, it's believed that the treatment sped up the death of the patients because they weren't receiving any sort of other intervention because he promised snake yeah. oil. Yeah, right, right. Wow. He was... He was released in 1944, and he moved to Florida and lived there until his death in 1958. Wow. So, for a second time, um, between 1940 and 1946, the resort was unoccupied. And then four Chicago businessmen purchased it 
1946 with the plans to restore it because by now it's got some age on it it's starting to get somewhere and tear and they want to put some money into it restore it bring it back to its i guess yeah uh not original state but as close to as possible it was never quite the same um as its original condition but it did thrive for a while um and that was until a fire uh, from the fourth floor, South Wing destroyed most of it. Mm. So it was thriving as a resort, just a vacation mm -hmm. spot, no healing properties promoted. No, they didn't. That's they for that time. They didn't uh, try to sell it on that. I guess everybody was on to it by then, and it probably wasn't worthwhile. I mean, um, it would be considered gilded age, correct? Exactly. I mean, eighteen eighty-eight. So. That right there makes it a destination spot. Right. And, you know, I, I said for a while, but initially when it was first built, it, you know, it, it's, it was in its heyday for quite a while. Um, I think early 30s or late 20s is what I said. Um, the hotel did change hands um, many times and it, underwent uh all sorts of repairs and restoration and it never like i said was ever restored to its original i guess uh, what's the word its original what? i guess original. magic yeah um so then um marty and uh, oh gosh okay so this name i'm not sure how to pronounce it but marty and elise Ronick, I think is how it's pronounced. I think the G is silent. Very sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Just in case anyone's related or listening from yeah. Arkansas. Um, so the Ronicks purchased the hotel many years later in 1997 with a five-year plan to have the, quote, grand lady of the Ozarks back to her original splendor. That's the word. <laughs> there you go. There it is. Yep. Nice. Many people, of course, doubted and were unsure it would ever happen because it had underwhelmed for so many years and they had heard all these promises before from previous owners or investors. So they were like, yep, yeah, burnt. We're not going <laughs> to. Right. We'll believe it when we see it. Yeah, right. right. But the Ronix did open the 6,500 square foot New Moon Spa with Vichy showers, a hydrotherapy tub, sauna, massage and therapy tables, tanning beds, and exercise equipment in the first year. And, you know, this is the late 90s. So that's when, like... <laughs> That was very chic back then. I mean, it's like coming on the, the scene of like self-care and all oh, that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Get my tan on. Get my tan on in the tanning bed. And what kind what are Vichy curtains? Is that what you said? What did you Fonsy. say? Fonsy. What did They're you say? Fonsy. Vichy. What? That's, I'm, yeah. I don't know. But we need to we need to ask the Google machine. Oh, I was like, oh, 
they they didn't say anything, so they know what that is. I don't know what that is. Now, what did what are um, Vichy what? Showers. Oh, showers. Okay, I thought you said I want curtains. I don't know why. V i c h y. That now word. that could be a designer. Okay. Oh, it Never. looks like you lay down and it's got multiple shower heads. Yes. Okay. So it's like a massage with water. Yeah. It like. It's water massage. It's aqua massage. Okay. Yeah. Everybody yeah, else is like, uh, duh, we knew that. There are those healing powers in the water. Thanks for outing me, April. I was just like rolling. With <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Sorry. Like, I'm dumb. Tell me what a Vichy shower is because I don't know. <laughs> oh, and from okay. Vichy, France. Okay. If Vichy. It's like Vichy. So it's like five to seven shower heads and you're laying on a cushioned table. And it's a treatment. Whoa. Nice. Okay. I get it. Maybe that was because they originally built this for the springs you know the hot springs so mm-hmm. this is like hydro massage aqua massage yeah i like it now i want to know if there's one around here okay <laughs> so next they restored the hotel skyline um it had been destroyed by the fire and then later a 3500 square foot penthouse um, original center observation tower and 24 foot tall moon weather vane. All of those were restored because they were original to the hotel. I saw that because it's crescent, I guess. Crescent moon. Yeah, so yeah. that's the whole theme. And, you know, I mentioned at the top of the episode Theodora's Spicy Secret, where you can get it at top of the Crest Bar. That's actually on the fourth floor overlooking the mountainside, um, that crescent-shaped, like, mountain view. So, this is, I mean, I totally want to go here. I did, too. And we went when we were younger. This is where they had, like, the Jesus with his hands out statue, I think, maybe. In Eureka Springs? Yes. It could be. It could be. We'll have to, we'll have to fact check that. And yeah, but they have one in, yeah. Go ahead. Rio? Is that what he says? There is one. There's a very large one there. But there is also one because we have pictures from a childhood trip of um, Jesus with his hands out. Arms out. You know, I in the forgot Ozark about Mountains. that. There, there is, is one. one. I, I just it's a Jesus statue. Yep. Yes, there is. Is it near Eureka Springs? Yes. It is. It's in <gasps> It is. Yes. Told you, see, I remember. You have a photographic memory. That I is a good have. memory. I got pictures. I remember the photo, but I don't remember the actual image in person. So guest rooms, lounges, electrical and plumbing, landscaping, all of that was restored as well by the Ronex. And $5 million later, on September 6, 2002, they announced that the restoration was complete. Wow. Nice. Okay. So, here's where it gets really interesting. Okay, cool. The Crescent Hotel is one of the most visited hotels in the South. 
It's known as one of the most haunted places in the Ozarks. Oh, we're going to the Ozarks. Right? I kind of want to make this a stop on the way. We should. Totally. So several ghosts are known to the staff and guests and remain in the hotel to this day. What? Yep. The one that most frequently um, reveals himself is the red-haired Irish stonemason that they <laughs> na- the staff has nicknamed, well, I guess named Michael. <laughs> it's such a like normal name, normal, Michael. Normal oh, that's Michael. Name. If you don't know any better, you're like, who's Michael? It's just Michael. That's funny. He um, supposedly was one of the stonemasons who worked on the original project in 1885. He fell from the roof onto the second floor and died in an accident. Oh. And room 218 of the hotel is located in this area and is the most haunted guest room. Oh, wow. But Michael is a trickster. He's like, he likes to play tricks, like with the lights and the doors and <laughs> turning the TV on and off. And he often is heard pounding loudly on the walls. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there right. have been witnesses to his hands coming out of the bathroom mirror and sounds uh, from the ceiling like a man falling. Whoa. How do you, but how do you hear falling? Like, is he bumping into things? His voice. They hear his voice. Uh, I was like, ah, kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't they know. Have, like, how do you? Otherwise, how would you know it was a man? I was falling? like, how is that? That sounds like somebody falling. <laughs> what does that sound like? Taking some furniture down with him. Yeah. <laughs> I keep hitting the walls on the way down. One person ran screaming from the room to 18, claiming he saw blood splatter on the walls. That was a guess, obviously. (laughs) There's a nurse on the third floor dressed in all white, and she's often seen pushing a gurney. Oh, oh, because it was a hotel, I mean, a hospital, huh? Yeah, right. Okay, so she's only ever seen pushing the gurney, but she's also only ever seen 11 p.m. or after. Oh. And that's supposedly when they would take the patients that died out of the hospital. Damn. Now, remember, we said, I said, patients did never, never reportedly died from the treatment, but they did die there because they were receiving, they weren't receiving any other intervention. Yeah. So... She actually um, disappears when she gets to the end of the hallway. And some people have reported hearing squeaks and rattles that sound like a gurney rolling <laughs> down the hallway. Um, oh, some have never actually seen the nurse, but they've heard the gurney. Oh, that's creepy. <sighs> right? Yeah. It's making my hair stand up. <laughs> <laughs> and the area where she is... Uh, the area where she is is 
where the morgue was and the old autopsy table and the walk-in freezer are still there today. I'm looking at pictures of that. That's creepy. That's creepy. So the laundry is also on the third floor and hotel maintenance have reported that laundry machines will inexplicably turn on in the middle of the night. (laughs) Like what? I mean, Ghosts do like the most mundane things. <laughs> they turn on the, the laundry. The wa- attention. <laughs> the washing machine. They turn on and off the lights. Like, it's, like, can you do something else, Ghost? Come on now. Other than turn on and off a light. Like, can you? Spooky. Yeah. Make a martini. Or right. Something, something useful. Something useful. Something useful. <laughs> <laughs> Clean my house. Like, yes. Right? Golly. Then I'll be impressed. Well, Dr. Baker's apparition has also been seen in the basement and at the foot of the stairs on the first floor. And he wears, uh, he's wearing a purple shirt and white linen suit and appears to be confused. <laughs> and his ghost is said to look just like old pictures of him. Imagine that. I. Are they blurry? Are they blurry photos? (laughs) They're super blurred. Right. It looks just like him. Wouldn't you expect a ghost to be wearing what they died in? Mm -hmm. Right? So, did he die in a... Well, he didn't die there. That's the thing. Oh, so he's just visiting. He's just passing through. That's weird. Yeah. Maybe part of his being died when he was arrested and ousted who knows oh yeah the antique switchboard was in operation until it uh continually started to receive calls from the empty basement (laughs) and the basement is where when it was in operation as the the i don't even want to call it a health spa but that's what they called it um, that's where they would bring the patients in and essentially sell them on these miracle cures before taking the entirety of their life savings. Right. Handing it over. Look, these pictures online are so creepy of the basement and the morgue. Yeah, it's it's definitely super creepy when you um, look at the pictures Especially because, like, some of the pictures are very, very, very old and dark, and it's even creepier. Yeah. Um, so, Theodora, uh, a woman who introduces herself as a patient, is mostly seen in room or around, in or around room 419. And she's typically seen by housekeeping. And as soon as she introduces herself, she vanishes. (laughs) Wow. Because remember, she's got a spicy secret. It's ghost pepper vodka. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And a man has been seen many times, either at the bottom of the stairway or sitting at the bar. And he's been described as having a mustache and beard. He's dressed in Victorian clothing, and he's wearing a top hat and looks very distinguished. And people 
when, well, they've reported when they tried to engage him in conversation, he just sits quietly before disappearing. Hmm. That's crazy. And the crystal dining room at the hotel is very active with other spirits and they're in Victorian clothing as well. There's 1890s era dancers in full dress attire that have been seen dancing around the dining room in early hours of the morning. And another 19th century man has been sitting at a table, has been seen sitting at a table near the windows. And when people approach him, he, he says the same thing. I saw the most beautiful woman here last night and I'm waiting for her to return. Aww. Wow, I know, like, they, that's crazy. They just look I like know. people, I guess, huh? And then they yeah, and they're all, every report that I'm aware of in the research that I did is they're all from the Victorian era. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, I say that, but there, there's actually some from... A later time that I'll get to, but yeah, it, it, most I should say are from the Victorian era. In the dining room, ghosts are said to also play tricks. During Christmas time one year, the tree and all of its packages were moved from one side of the room to the other. <laughs> and all <of> the <laughs> they're like, for my next trick, we're gonna move this Christmas tree and all the packages. <laughs> and they moved all the chairs to face the tree. Wow! Wow! So the staff come in and the entire setup has been, um, <laughs> it's been flipped. And another time when staff arrived, there were menus that had been thrown all across the floor, which that could have been a disgruntled employee. <laughs> right. They just blame it on the ghost. <laughs> but there is a little, a little boy ghost. A little boy. He's been, seen, <laughs> he's been seen skipping around the kitchen. Oh my god. And uh when he does, pots and pans fly off the hooks. <laughs> oh, it's just a mis they're mischievous. They're just like they're just up to mischief. bratty. Yeah. I wonder but, what brought okay. them back to the hotel. Like if they didn't die there, like what brought them back? That's a good That's question. What I because I'm thinking, are these guests that just kind of came here and stayed? I mean, most of the stuff that I read is the staff. I mean, there's a few things about guests, but most of it is um, usually like housekeeping or maintenance or kitchen staff or, you know. Yeah. Um, there is, any, though. I'm sorry. I was going to ask no. if anybody died in the fire. Oh, yeah. I don't, I'm, I don't know. I didn't Sorry. come across that, so I don't know. But it would definitely be worthwhile to find that out. But there is, however, a story of a young woman who attended the Crescent, when it was Crescent College and Conservatory for Young Women. That was operating between 1908 and 1924. And she either jumped or was pushed from a balcony to her death. And guests have reported hearing her screams as she falls. 
Oh. Oh. There have been apparition sightings in room 202 and 424. <laughs> and one, it, and he's been seen multiple times, is over in the hallway carrying a tray of butter. <laughs> what? <laughs> they just do these just mundane things. Like, I, mean, I saw this imagine, ghost. He was carrying some butter. If, if your ghost has to carry butter for all eternity. <laughs> right, I like, damn like, it. I want another ghost gig. Right. It's like, damn it. I got to walk these halls for eternity and carrying this butter. And do they, like, get together when they disappear and they're, like, complaining to each other about their Man, gigs? I got to carry this butter. Man, I got to push this gurney. <laughs> right. <laughs> At least you're just carrying butter. Like, I got to push a gurney. Oh, yeah, I got to fall from the building every night. <laughs> every night I got to get... Got to get back to the top of the roof. I'm going to be late. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> Today, the fully restored hotel creates an ambiance that has transcended while providing all the amenities that modern day travel requires. It sounds like I'm trying to sell. I, <laughs> I'm already sold. Like, I'm going. Yeah. yeah, let's go. Let's do it. I it's just don't want to stay in room 218. We got to rent a, rent a Suburban. Or 202 yeah. or 424 unless we want butter in the middle of the night. Right. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um. So funny. It's surrounded by 15 acres of formal gardens and nature trails, and now it has 72 guest rooms, and many do have their own balconies, and there are 12 luxury suites, um, and the New Moon Spa features a full menu of treatments, um, a salon, and a wellness program. So that's all still um, going on today. There's some beautiful views, so if you do get a room with a balcony it overlooks these you know the, the ozarks very beautiful yeah man if you look at that bar on the fourth floor that view is amazing yeah yeah hey you could so, get a room for 130 dollars a night is that all it costs all it says online and all the all you can eat butter only oh. in the south I can't, cannot with you. <laughs> okay, it's the Paula so. Dean room. <laughs> Sorry. But right. So what I'm about to talk about is taken directly from the hotel website. Um, so, I'm just, and I'm going to be quoting um, hotel uh, staff. So the Ronix bought the hotel in 1997, as I said, and what they did was um, they decided to acknowledge the paranormal um, activity instead of trying to act like, you know, it's not haunted. So they brought in two mediums um, out of California to do a reading. And the, 
based on their findings and all of the encounters and experiences over the many years, this is what became their foundation to start a nightly ghost tour at the hotel. Ooh, I love those. What does this sound like? I love them. Sounds oh, like the Myrtles. Yeah. The hotel general manager, John Moyer, was actually a skeptic at first um, during the Ronick's ownership. And he's been quoted as saying, I clearly remember the medium stating that he had discovered a portal to the other side for those who are on the same frequency. I remember asking myself, what were we thinking trying to explore this unexplained wor world? But after more than a decade of working around the paranormal, I now assuredly recognize how many people truly connect to the spirits here at the Crescent. And there's a new and specific reason why. Hmm. So this reason is because in a conversation with the ghost tour manager, Keith Scales, um, Keith came to him and shared a concern about a phenomenon that had been recurring on his nightly hours. That phenomenon included multiple guests who had grown faint a few passing out briefly at the same tour stop with no reasonable explanation. Then Scales described um, the location, and it was the area that had been identified as a portal more than a decade ago by the medium. Ooh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And it's on the springs, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah. And in the mountains. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm good. I'll skip the ghost tour. <laughs> Oh, it gets better. It gets better. Scales then, this is further quoting Moyer, Scales then took me to the place and pinpointed the portal phenomenon as happening just outside the hotel's annex entrance, exactly where Heath had identified the location of his portal years ago. Hmm. The, yeah. The, in like, like you said, the phenomenon causes sudden uh, paleness. People fall against and slide down the wall, fainting briefly, <laughs> and then they quickly recover. Wow. Is that like the soul leaving the body for a hot second? Taking a trip, coming back? That's, that's what I thought. Like, it just exits, and then they are, they're back to normal. Yeah, it could be built on, like, energy, you know, a energy pockets or, you know they have well, lay, that frequency ley lines is, yeah 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 there's a built on limestone it said too sometimes granite can cause people to do things <laughs> disappear disappear they say well the ghost tour has been ongoing for 17 years and it still remains a popular destination for paranormal enthusiasts and to quote Keith Scales, the tour manager, the legend continues to grow as yet another phenomenon recognized, one that occurs with uncanny frequency about every couple of weeks or so. Hmm. What makes this legendary is that it seems to rise up in a vertical plane from the notorious Norman Baker's morgue. What? That's creepy. That's creepy. And Scales maintains that the hotel, ho, hotel, the hotel, <laughs> <is, laughs> 
is careful about what they actually attribute to paranormal. Um, in other words, they don't they don't acknowledge like every single thing that happens there as paranormal activity. They are they're pretty particular about what they accept oh. as that. Okay. And he says we don't know why some people have a tendency to faint at this particular place. We only know that they do at the place where activity of various kinds has been reported over decades. It could be the altitude too. Oh, chloroform. They're chloroforming them. <laughs> Did you say that it was built with magnesium limestone? Is that what you yes. said earlier? Mm. I wonder if that has something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Electromagnetic energies, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but also, like, the altitude as well. Maybe all, that's just a perfect storm for some people, and there is just... Their, their body shut down or their soul leaves their body. Like you said. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. But the event has never been known to happen anywhere else except for there. That Ooh. specific location. You mean like it, in Arkansas? No, like the, the phenomenon that happens in that specific place in the hotel. Yes. Inside the hotel above the morgue, that's the only place it's ever happened. Ever on the planet? Well, no, like ever there. Oh, okay. In the it hotel. hasn't happened anywhere else in the hotel. Okay, gotcha. Or on the ground. Gotcha. Okay. It'd be but, interesting to interview somebody who had that experience and if they noted anything different after their soul left their body. Yeah. Like right, they're... it seems like a missed opportunity if no one's ever done that. Yeah. But, well, so Moyer concluded whether there are portals to the other reality or to other realities here at the 1886 Crescent Hotel or not, no one can say, confirm, or deny. It's all part of the mysterious, unexplained happenings at one of America's most haunted hotels and it has been investigated by taps ghost hunter <laughs> <laughs> however i did not uh look into that just because I, I mean i didn't want to before covering this but i'm going to um now yeah now that we've uh done the episode Oh, yeah, look, I'm, that's creepy. Yep. There you have it, folks. The Crescent Hotel, Eureka Springs, Arkansas. I, for one, will be going there at some point. Yeah, we, we should. Then later. We should do that. That's crazy. It's cr so and creepy. We can have a follow-up episode about our experience. Yeah, definitely. Go. Definitely. And I've been wanting to do an Arkansas episode, so that's good. Yeah, because we have a few Arkansas listeners. And thank you for that. Yes, thank you. Thank you to everyone. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And join us next time. And remember to keep one eye open. Because you never know what you might see. I am one of your hosts, April. And with and me is...
Christy. I mean, we fucked it up already. <laughs> okay, that's all right. The intro. I didn't. Really, we didn't. I was just kind of winging it. Yeah. Um. So people began to realize, um, or, or the reason for um, the draw to flag that. <laughs> I mean, flag that. Flag on the plate. Why didn't you just say that? Flag on the plate. Hang on one second. I'm missing something. In my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, you gotta back that up. To St. Louis. I'm sorry. Okay. What time Where frame? Huh? What time frame to. I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. 1886. Okay. Okay, but I need to back it up. Up to that he also designed buildings in St. Louis. Well, back that ass up. Okay, tell me when to go. In three, two, one. Next, after the all of this um, sauna and exercise. Back that up. <laughs> Can I go? Yeah. Okay. Don't put this in. Okay. okay. Next. Wait, this part? Where I brain farted. It's all going in. <laughs> he's sitting, he's, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Because I don't trust him. Okay. Well, look, we did so good last time. We hardly had any all takes. It's going in the bloopers. Well, that's fine. But don't do not do it in the real episode. Okay. <laughs> Tell me when I can go. Three, two, one. You've been listening to Southern Discomfort with April and Christine. As you can tell, this is one of the most unique podcasts on the internet. So we want you to be able to reach out to us. Send emails to Southern Discomfort Podcast at gmail.com. On Facebook at Southern Discomfort Podcast. And on Instagram at Southern Discomfort PC. And for shows, visit Southern Discomfort.podbean.com. And this podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts. Till next time, keep one eye open because you never know what you might see. This is Southern Discomfort. Signing off.